Well, welcome everybody. We're so glad you joined us for church today. This is kind of a big week for us at River Point and West End Church because we're actually beginning our in-person services beginning this week right here at the Missouri City campus. And uh, we have a 9.30 and 11 o'clock service. Everybody's invited, and but we're going to sort of open up our campuses one campus at a time so we don't get overwhelmed. But everybody, again, is invited. And I recognize that not everybody's ready to come back to this kind of gathering. And I just want to give you permission, no shame, no guilt, to continue to engage with us online. And when you're ready, and when you're ready, you'll know you should come back to one of our campuses and give us a try. I want to always say hi to my mom. She watches this online from Maryland. So hi, mom. I hope you're having a great, great time. Now, the next three weeks, today we start a brand new series called Be Rich. And uh, it's really timely for us since the pandemic and everything. And so this is going to be an exciting three weeks. So be sure to join us for each of these next three weeks as we talk about give, serve, in love. And we're joining with dozens and dozens of other churches around the country that we're in a network with so that we can make the biggest difference we can possibly make during this time. So, so stay with us as we talk about be rich. Now, as a pastor, I was at a pastor's gathering recently, and this was the question that all the pastors are getting, including me, uh, during this pandemic. There's two questions. One question is the pandemic a sign of the end of times? Is this the beginning of the apocalypse? So that's the question. In fact, people feel very strongly about it. We had a lady in our church email me and tell me the reason that she was leaving our church and could no longer attend our church, even online, is because I was not speaking on the term, on this pandemic as being the beginning of the end or the apocalypse. So that's one question. Is this the beginning of the end? The second question that people ask during this pandemic to all of us pastors is this, is this God's judgment on our nation for forgetting him? And should we be preaching a sermon that talks about repentance and owning our sin and turning back to God? Well, as a pastor, I can say it's never a bad idea to own your sin, to be responsible, to turn to God, to repent, to change your thinking, to take responsibility for the things you've done wrong. But maybe those aren't really the questions that we need to be asking. Instead of asking big theological or eschatological questions, maybe we could ask a simple question that I think is a tried and true question during times of crisis. And the question is this, that we should be asking, how can I help? What can I do to help? During a crisis, it's so easy to become self-preserving. During a crisis, there's this natural reflex that we all have to pull in to take care of number one, to survive. But it's the followers of Christ that have always led the way during times of crisis. This is from the very beginning. Let me just give you a little context here. Pontius Pilate was uh, really pressured by religious leaders to deliver Jesus for execution. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he was buried. And of course, we know that he rose again it really opened the door for religious leaders of that time to no longer drag people who followed Christ to Pontius. No, religious, leader in the, religious leaders in those days, they would just take the religious 
people, the people following Christ, and they would persecute them personally. Their first victim, as we read about in the book of Acts, was a man named Stephen, who was testifying that he believed that Jesus rose from the dead and that he was a follower of Christ. Well, the religious leaders felt that this was a threat, the Jewish leaders. They, they, this was a threat to their system and to their power and to their influence. And because of that, they began to really persecute people who followed Christ. Now this, as you can imagine, created a lot of fear. This created a lot of fear, and it began to take all those followers of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem, and they began to scatter to all the different parts of the world. And when the Christians, the followers of Christ, began to scatter, the message of Christ began to spread. So you can see, in hindsight now, 2,000 years later, we can see how God used a crisis to cause the church to really explode. In fact, it spread to the far ends of the known world and even spread into the Gentile, non-Jewish world, and churches began to spring up. In fact, the New Testament, the thing we read, our Bible, is written. They're really a collection of letters written to churches that started in that first century because of the spread of the gospel. Right now, the church could no longer meet in Jerusalem. Now, I think about that because of the fear caused them to be scattered. And I, I was thinking about that because our church has not been able to meet for the last seven plus months. There's been a great fear, founded fear, real trouble, a real crisis that have kept us from gathering together. But the mission of the church has not stopped. In fact, in many ways, we've been able to innovate and create and be strategic and, and able to take the hope of Jesus Christ in different ways because of the crisis that we face. And that's the idea here, that we're not going to withdraw we're not going to be self-preserving. We're going to move forward and move out during a time of crisis and lead because our hope is not found in a world that's broken and pandemics, we experience pandemics, but our hope is in Christ and that we have this eternal view of our life and we're going to be the church even though we can't meet. And it's a great reminder to us that we are a mission much more than an event. I've missed the event. You've missed the event. Everybody's missed the event. But we are not gathering together just to gather together. But we exist for an eternal purpose, for a mission, to reach, to encourage, and to help. In fact, Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse 19 and 20, is the great commission. This is Jesus' word. After he rose from the dead, he basically looks at his followers and says this, Therefore, because I've risen from the dead, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then look at this. And I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I, I don't know if this is the beginning of the apocalypse. I, I don't know if this is God's punishment for us, although we should repent. But our great commission has not changed. That we as a church are to encourage others to follow Christ who aren't currently following Christ. That we are to bring help. We should ask the question, who is at risk and how can we help? 
Who is at risk? And how can I help? Here's what we believe as a church, that everybody matters to God, even if God doesn't matter to them. So we're, we're focused in several different areas in Houston, in the Houston area, so that people who don't care about God one day might, that they might become followers of Christ. That we are focused on God's love for us so that we can love on other people who hasn't, haven't experienced that. My favorite passage is Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says, God demonstrates his love toward us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that mission hasn't changed. That God demonstrates his love for us in the fact that while we were far from him and didn't believe in him and didn't care about God, only cared about ourselves, Christ gave a sacrifice. He gave his life so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could come to a place of forgiveness. And as a follower of Christ, we live in this world much differently with a much different perspective than people without the hope of Jesus in their life. And we want to bring hope in times of crisis, in times of hopelessness. We want to be a people that says we know difficult things are happening and we know trouble's happening, but we still have a reason for hope. So not much has changed over 2,000 years. We, I think this pandemic is more indicative of our own worldview. And I, I want to make sense of it too. Wouldn't it be great if we could come to a place in our life where we could say, oh, I know why this pandemic is happening. And if we'll just do what God intended for it to do, it would go away. But it doesn't work like that. The reality is we're reminded during a pandemic or really any other crisis, unfair crisis, right? Especially that we live in a broken world where things that shouldn't happen, well, they happen. And things that should happen, sometimes those things don't happen. And so we're confronted with the brokenness of the world in which we live. And so what's our response? We can try to ask big theological questions and say, I wonder why this is happening. Or we can ask the question that really the first century Christians, our brothers and sisters from the past ask, and that is, who's at risk and how can I help? Who's at risk and how can I help? And that's what we've been asking for the last, really, the last seven months. Who's at risk and how can we? And we've helped so many people. You've seen that as we've recounted week after week of all the help that we've been able to provide because we are a people on mission. So this period of time, this next three weeks, we're calling Be Rich. And that comes out of a passage of Scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote to a fellow named Timothy. He says this, command the people to do good, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. So that's our command. Regardless of what's going on is to, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, and we're commanded to share. So this is not new. It feels new because in most of our lifetime, we've never experienced anything like this. But this is not new. The church has always led the way. So 
Be rich is our collective response as a mission, as followers of Christ, to help people who desperately need the help. In a crisis, this is bonus material here. In a crisis, let me tell you, when you think of others instead of just yourself, your life gets better. Your life gets richer. We can do more corporately together than we could ever do individually. And when we start thinking about our neighbors and people that we partner with and the real tangible help that we can provide during times of trouble, it makes our life better. It gets our eyes off ourselves so that we can focus on how God could use us to supply helpful things in treacherous times. We can be the hands and the feet of Christ. And this always makes it better. There's something in our, maybe it's just me, but there's something in our systems of thinking that says, once my life is completely satisfied, all the things I need and I'm stable and, I'm, and everybody's healthy and I've got all the money I world, then, then I'll think about other people. But that is not the way God designed for our life to be rich. It's in the midst of our own trouble, our own inadequacies, our, our own deficiencies, our own insecurities, that we're able to rise above thinking just about ourselves and we're able to think about other people. So we do believe that everyone matters to God, even if God doesn't matter to them. And that our mission and our church is to bring hope. Now, I know this is a difficult time for many people in our church and in our community. And I believe the antidote for this so that we don't get overly anxious or depressed or overwhelmed with our trouble is to begin to think of others. And so that's why I'm pointing the church in this direction, an outward focus. And we're gonna do something quite simple. Now, every year, usually during December, we do a missions emphasis that we can talk about what we're doing locally throughout the nation and around the world. But because of the pandemic and the need is so great, we decided to move that up till now. And what we're asking you, this is a little bit different because we're partnering with 68 other churches around the country. We're gonna give millions of dollars collectively. And in, locally, we're gonna give to our partners that our nonprofits that we partner with to do things that our church isn't really equipped to do. And so this is really important to them. So here's what I'm asking you to, to do to have a rich life. One is this, I want you to give financially. And we're asking 100% of our people to give an amount of $39.95. We've made it that tangible for you. Now, do we want you to give $39.95? That's what we want you to do. And some of you are, hear that and go, over the next month, there's no way I could even save $39.95 to give. Well, what I would say to you is give what you can. The amount of money is really less important than your heart to say, I'm not going to just consume self in my needs. I'm going to give. So we want you to give. And what we say is, 
We want 100% of the people who call this place home to participate with $39.95. And what we're telling you is 100% of the money that you give will be collected together and given to these nonprofits throughout the year to make their work more effective. And so giving is important. Financial support, letting go of something is key to making these nonprofits work. So give $39.95. Now, some of you hear $39.95, like my own family, and we think, well, we could do that. It feels like I spend that much when I take my family to Starbucks. So we can do more than that. So if that's you and that's your initial response, we want you to add a zero or two zeros to that or three zeros. And we want you to really get behind Be Rich this year. We want you to support this because it's so critically important for all of us to participate. And over the next month, as people give their $39.95 or whatever it is that God's allowed them to give, we're going to support in such big ways at such an important time the work that so many people are doing. And we're going to impact thousands upon thousands of people with food and shelter and health bills. And we're going to help people in big, big ways because collectively we've come together as followers of Christ and we've said, we're not going to just think about ourselves during this time of crisis, but we're going to have a rich, fulfilling life by helping other people. And so that's what I'm asking you to do. And the way you do it, because everything's electronic these days, is quite simple. You can either go to westend.me slash be rich or rpc.me slash be rich. And you can tell uh, us exactly, you can give right there online. There's a drop down box for you. You can fill it out completely. So leave that um, slide up long enough for everybody to see it. Okay, you should be seeing a slide right now, okay? So I'm asking you to consider this $39.95 to help people in deep need. And here's what I believe the benefit will be. You don't do it for this reason. The reason you give is because God's given you so much. And then this is a natural response to the generosity of the Father. That God has provided us not just material things, but God has provided us a way of salvation for forgiveness. He's bestowed upon us great mercy and compassion and grace. And because we're followers of Christ and we have this eternal perspective, we want to help people that are struggling in this time. So we give because God's first given to us. And it, the benefit for us is your life just gets so much larger than self. It's the opportunity that you have to teach your children to care about other people to bring this conversation up with your elementary, your middle school, and your high school, your college-age students to say, hey, our church is doing something, be rich, and we want our life to be rich. So we want to give and to get everybody participating in the Be Rich campaign over these next few weeks. So sign up today. Feel the pressure of that because I know money's tight for many, many people. So this is the time to let go of it and to say, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to give to you. And I think collectively our church is going to make a huge difference because I believe our church is a generous church that cares about those who aren't even at our church. They don't attend our church, but they need our help. And just like in the first century, we're, we're going to go through trouble, but we're going to lead the way toward 
God. So I hope you'll do that with me. My family's going to participate. I hope you will as well. Let's pray together and ask God to use this Be Rich campaign. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you've given us, for the way you've provided for us. And during times of a crisis like a pandemic, we are absolutely um, uh, tempted to just think of ourselves. And now we're being pushed to give to this campaign to make a difference. So I pray every partner that we have will be blessed and every person that we impact because of this, their life would change and the trajectory of their life would change. That somebody would show up out of nowhere because of this Be Rich campaign and communicate that they matter, that people matter and that you're aware of needs and you're meeting needs through your church. God, we wanna be that kind of church. So I pray that you would use this giving to make a difference in our lives and in others. May this be a step of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.